listening to the Kingdom Basora Podcast. Shalom Aleikim. My name is Yoel Ben Israel. I want to say Shalom Aleikim, Ezra Kim, Malkuta Shamaim. That is Hebrew for peace be upon you, citizens in the kingdom of heaven. And to those who are seeking citizenship in the kingdom of heaven, I also want to say, Shalom Aleikim, peace be upon you as well. Whatever you're practicing at the moment, whether it's Christianity, Islam, Judaism, Rastafarianism, Shintoism, Taoism, Messianic Judaism, whatever ism you're practicing, I say Shalom Aleikim to you and I pray that you too will want citizenship in this eternal kingdom called heaven. Oh man, I'm so excited for today's episode, this broadcast, this podcast. Um, it's, it's definitely going to be a treat uh, for us all, including myself. I learned some things that I didn't know before. Um researching and preparation for this podcast episode and so i'm just gonna dive right into it you all and let's go right ahead let's go right ahead shall we all right so we're continuing in this theme of repent because the kingdom of heaven has arrived these are not my words these are the words of yeshua Hamashiach, whom many call Jesus the Christ, or many call Christ, the Messiah of Israel. And he is quoted and recorded saying this in the book or the scroll of Matthew, Matitia, chapter 4, verse 17, right? And it says, I'm just going to read it really quick. This is like our anchor passage, our, our anchor kingdom scripture right here. So it says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. From that time, Yahshua began to preach and to say, repent, because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's the KJV English, right? The KJV 16th century Elizabethan English. Now, we know that Yahshua, the Messiah, didn't speak that. Yahshua, the Messiah, was a Hebrew. He was an Israelite, born of Hebrew-speaking parents who were of Israelite descent as well, Yosef and Meriam, right? And Yahshua was born into the tribe of Yahuda. Growing up, he was born in Bethlehem or Bethlehem, and he was born and raised in Nazareth of Galilee, right? And so Yahshua didn't speak the queen's English to the king's taste. Yahshua was speaking Hebrew. And so in the Hebrew, this verse says, the last line, Shubu, kihagia mokut hashamayim, repent. Why? Why should I repent? Because the kingdom of heaven has arrived. This is the good news that has been buried in the 
graveyard of religion. This is the good news that has been hidden under the layers and layers and layers of religious rhetoric and denominational dogma. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. But it is being unearthed. It's being excavated. It's being polished off. And this is one, this is a major goal, the goal of this Kingdom Basura podcast is to demystify the kingdom of heaven and to introduce to people why this is the good news. Because some people can say, well, the kingdom kingdom of heaven has arrived. So what? What does that mean to me? How does that change my life, man? Like, I have bills to pay. I have a car note. I have rent that's due. Um, Somebody may be in the hospital, medical bills. How does that change my current situation? This podcast, what I aim to do under the tutelage and leadership of my king, King Yahweh, under the guidance and promptings of his Holy Spirit, the kingdom governor, is to articulate the very fact that everything that we are looking for, everything we are searching for, everything we are working so hard for, Everything that we're praying for is in this one kingdom called heaven. All right. So repent because the kingdom of heaven has arrived. In this episode, we're going to talk about tax collectors need heaven too. Tax collectors need heaven too. Tax collectors need to repent too. And I want to say this about the word repent. So that word in Hebrew is shubu. Right, recorded in Matitya, Matthew 4.17. Now, repent or shubu can definitely mean turn from sin. But how many out there listening know that just because you turn from sin, and what is sin? We can look at let's let's get a definition. Let's get a definition. I didn't know I was going to go here, um, but let's get a definition. Let's go to 1 John 3, 4. In Hebrew, that's Yochanan Aleph 3, 4. Let's get a definition, biblical definition of the word for sin. Just so that we're all on the same page right here, right now. Whoever commits sin transgresses the law because sin is the transgression of the law. Now what law is Yochanan speaking about? The American law? No, I would submit he's not because America didn't even, it wasn't even extant during the time this letter, this scroll was penned by Yochanan. Is he talking about Roman law? I would submit to us no because the Yahudim didn't really like the kingdom of Rome like that. They were being oppressed by them. We're going to talk about how taxation, Roman taxation, was was just, it was another aspect of them, yes, living in the land of Israel, but they were being occupied and oppressed by the kingdom of Rome through this one avenue called taxation. That's only one witness right as to what sin is. Let's get another definition of sin. Let's go to... The book of Daniel, Daniel, chapter 9. And let's read verse number 
Start at verse 10. Then I yell, or Daniel chapter 9, verse 10. And it says, Neither have we obeyed the voice of the king, Yahweh, our judge, our El, to walk in his laws, his laws of heaven, which he set before us by his servants, the prophets, right, the kingdom prophets. Yes, all Israel has transgressed your law, even by departing, that they may not obey the voice, your voice. So the curse is poured upon us, and the oath that is written in the law of heaven, codified by Moshe, the servant of King Yahweh, because we have sinned against him. Even Daniel defines sin as transgression of the law. But just to make sure we um, alleviate all doubt, alleviate all dubiety, let's go to one more witness in Moshe. Let's go to the book of Numbers, chapter 15, verses 30 and 31. This is by Midbar in Hebrew in the wilderness. Chapter 15, verses 30 and 31 says this. But the soul that acts presumptuously, whether he's born in the land, whether he's a citizen of the land or a stranger, a foreigner, that same reproaches the king Yahweh and that soul will be cut off from among his people because he has despised the word of the king Yahweh and has broken his commandment that his soul be utterly cut off his iniquity his invisible sin will be upon him so we see here that when you break the king's commandment that is analogous synonymous to transgressing or violating the laws of this eternal kingdom called heaven alright so I say all that to say this how many of us know that just because we repent and turn from sin we begin we can we are liable to begin keeping the law of heaven in a pharisaical manner how many of us out there know that just because I turn from sin and I start keeping the letter of the law, my mind can still be messed up. Mm. Oh, I feel this, you all. How many of you know that just because I turn from sin and I keep the letter of Shabbat, Like a Pharisee, I can be, I can be so enslaved, and I, I want to choose my words gingerly here, so I'm not misconstrued. But I can be so enslaved to the letter of the law, the black letters on the white pages of the Bible that I'm reading or scrolling on my phone, so much so that I am completely open. Oblivious to the spirit of the law. Because a law is there's a dichotomy to a law. Right? One law 
has two parts. The written code, which is the letter of the law, is the written code, which you see right there, plain on the page. But there's also the thing that you we don't see a lot of times, and that's the spirit of the law, which is the original intention mm, of that law. So, for example, quick example, then we'll move on to tax collectors and them needing to repent too, because the kingdom of heaven has arrived. Yahshua says this in the book of Matthew chapter 5. This is an example of Yahshua fulfilling the law. In Matthew chapter 5, Yahshua says this. Matthew chapter 5, verse number 21 and 22. You have heard that it was said by them of old of ancient times, Here's the letter of the law of heaven. You will not kill. Don't murder. Right? That's the letter. That's the plain letter. Do not murder. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do that. As a kingdom citizen, don't murder. Right? And whosoever will kill will be in danger of the judgment. But verse 22, listen to what Yahshua does. He's going to bring out the spirit, the original intention of the king behind this law don't murder but I say to you that whoever is angry anybody ever get angry with somebody sometimes have you have you ever gotten angry I have I'll, I'll raise my hand I'll raise both my hands I, I totally have totally gotten angry lift my feet up too gotten angry for sure with his brother without a cause will be in danger of the judgment and whoever will say to his brother, Raka, will be in danger of the council, the Sanhedrin. But whoever will say, you fool, will be in danger of Gehenom. So the original intention behind don't murder is, as a kingdom citizen, do not even nurse anger to the point of wanting to murder your brother or your sister. Or anybody for that matter. Wow. Wow. Okay, so repent, yes, it does mean to turn from sin, but a person can turn from sin and start keeping the literal letter of the law in a pharisaical way and completely, totally be oblivious to the spirit behind the letter of the law that they just read or that they're trying so hard to obey. Yahshua kept the laws of heaven perfectly because Yahshua didn't offend the letter of the law, the written code, nor did he, he did not offend the spirit of the law either. He kept both the letter of the law and the spirit of the law intact. And he obeyed them both. So let's talk about tax collectors. Tax collectors need heaven too. They need to repent as well. So I'm going to read some information about some tax collectors just to give us some background information on them and then we're going to see why they too need to repent why they too need to not just turn from sin but they need but they need to think differently they need to have a change of mind have a change of the inner man the inner woman they need to change their mind they need to change their heart because the kingdom of heaven has arrived and the way that tax collectors were thinking in their mind was totally not in harmony 
with the way the kingdom of heaven functioned. All right. So here's some, some background information on tax collectors. And this is um, an excerpt taken from BibleGateway.com, the encyclopedia of the Bible. And the heading is tax collector. Right. So let's check this out. Oh, man, this is going to be so good. All right. As a class, tax collectors were hated. Ooh, they did not like tax collectors by their fellow Yahudim or their fellow Jews. This was almost inevitable. Why? Because tax collectors represented the foreign domination of this Gentile kingdom called Rome. The methodologies of tax collectors were necessarily inquisitorial. Tax collectors often overcharged people and pocketed the surplus. This is almost certain. Wow. I want to read something. I'm going to pause here. I want to read something from the New Testament, the Brick Kaddishah, from the book of Luke. Because Luke lets us know something very interesting that happened. So this is Luke on Hebrew Eli or chapter 3. Let's take a look in a book reading scriptures. Let's take a look at Luke chapter 3 verses 12 and 13. This is Yochanan the Immerser preaching. Then came also tax collectors to be immersed. They wanted to get immersed too by Yochanan the Immerser. And said to Yochanan, Yahshua's cousin, Master, what should we do as tax collectors? Notice what Yochanan told them to do. And Yochanan said to them, verse 13, Luke 3, 13. Take no more than what is appointed you. Take no more than what is appointed you. So I have a question. Yochanan preaches repent because the kingdom of heaven has arrived. Tax collectors walk up to him. They ask him, say, what should we do? Take no more than what's appointed to you. So if he's telling them to turn from this action, doesn't that imply to us the readership that they were tax collectors were indeed taking more than what was appointed to them? I would submit to us that this was definitely the case. Definitely. Let's look at the chief tax collector still in the book of Luke. Let's look at Luke or Eli or chapter 19. And let's read verses 1 through 10. Let's check this out. It reads, And Yahshua entered and passed through Jericho, or Jericho. And look, there is a man named Zakai, who was among the chief of the tax collectors. And boy, was he rich. Cha-ching! And he sought to see Yahshua, who he was. And he could not because of the press, the multitude. And he was short. So he was a short person. He was a short man like myself. 
And he ran before he climbed up a sycamore tree to see Yahshua. Because Yahshua was passing by that way. And when Yahshua came to the place, Yahshua looked up and saw Zakai and said to Zakai, Zakai, hurry up and come down. Because today I must stay at your house. All the religious people just gasped right there. And he made haste, Zakai did, and came down and received him euphorically, joyfully. And when they saw it, the religious people, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. Going to eat with a sinner, man. Come on. Why is he going to eat with this sinner? Tisk, tisk. Tisk. I kind of want to pause right here and read something. Because Yahshua gives us an answer as to why. As to why he eats with quote unquote sinners, with the sinner man, with the sinner woman. We're still in the book of Luke. Let's go to Luke chapter 5 here. And let's see here. Let's see. Ah, let's go to verse 29. Oh, you know what? This is all, man. It's segueing smoothly. Let's read Luke chapter 5, verses 27 to 32. Beautiful. And after these things, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi, or Lewi, sitting at the receipt of custom. And he said to him, Yahshua said to him, Lewi, a.k.a. Matitya, follow me. And he left everything. Ooh, he left everything. Yeshua tells a parable about this as well. We may get into that later on in the podcast when we talk about the parables. Rose up and followed Yeshua. And Lewi, or Levi, made him, a Yeshua, a great feast, dinner party time in his own house. And there was a great company of tax collectors, his tax collecting friends, and of others that sat down with them. But their scribes and Pharisees, we talked about them a couple of episodes back, right? The separatists murmured against Yahshua's students, his Talmudim, as they said, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Why are you doing this? They asked. And Yahshua answering said to them, Those who are whole, they don't need a physician. Only those that are sick. I didn't come to call the righteous, but kataim, sinners, to repentance, to change the way they think. Because the kingdom of heaven has arrived. Those who are whole, those who already think that that their thinking is good and that they don't need a heart change, they don't need to correct or recalibrate the way that they think because the kingdom of heaven has arrived I didn't really come for them I'm coming for those that are sick and as kingdom citizens I would submit that we are called and commissioned by King Yahweh through his son Yahshua the Messiah to do the exact same thing All right, back to Luke 19, verse number 
8. And Zakai stood and said to the owner, Behold, owner, Yeshua, the half of my goods I'm giving to the poor. And notice this, if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, he probably did, I'll restore it to him fourfold. This is Teshuvah right here. This is repentance. Starting to have a change of heart. And Yahshua said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because you also are a son of Abraham. Because the Son of Man came to seek and to save they that are lost. Now I want to go to the law of heaven. Because Zakai said something very interesting. He said, I will restore anybody that I have taken anything from by means of false accusation. I'm going to restore it to him fourfold. Let's go to Exodus 24, verses 4 and 7. Shemot in Hebrew 24. Verse 4 reads this way. Let's see, let's see. Ah. Actually, let's go to um, Exodus 22, verse 4. There we are. Sorry about that. And let's read verse 7 as well. So Exodus chapter 22, verse 4, it says, If the theft be certainly found in his hand alive, whether it be ox, a donkey, or sheep, he will restore double only double. Verse 7. If a man will deliver to his neighbor money or stuff to keep and it be stolen out of his, the man's house, if the thief is found, let him pay double. Doubly reimburse the person. But Zakai is going above and beyond. He said, you know what? I'm going to restore reimburse them fourfold. Wow. Fourfold. Mm-hmm. All righty. And so let's read a little bit more about these taxes, about these taxes that were levied upon Israel by the kingdom of Rome, this Gentile kingdom that Israel was not too fond of at all. So let's go and read this. This is from BibleGatewayAlso.com under the heading, the Bible, the encyclopedia of the Bible under the heading tax right and taxing I want to scroll here and let's get some more context to task to um, the taxes in New Testament times so in New Testament times under Herod the Great taxes in Israel were levied on almost everything especially on the fields in the days of the Roman procurators the Roman governors in Israel Taxes were also farmed out to the highest bidder. The system finally adopted through the entire kingdom. The kinds of taxes grew in such numbers that both rich and poor felt the heavy burden. Wow. There were land or real estate taxes. There was a poll tax. We see this in Matthew 22 verse 17. Export and import taxes collected at seaports and the gates of cities or country. A crop tax, one-tenth of the grain crop and one-fifth of the wine, fruit, and oil. An income tax of a man's percent, a one percent of a man's income, sorry, per year. Taxes to use a road. Wow. Taxes to enter into certain towns. Taxes on animals. Taxes on vehicles. A sales tax. A salt tax. 
attacks on the sale of slaves, and attacks on the transfer of property, and emergency taxes. Tax, tax, taxed. Man, they would be. Do we see even from this how heavily Israelites in the first century were being taxed by this Gentile kingdom of Rome? Let's continue reading. It is true that under the Romans, the people uh, received law and order on land and on sea. Good roads, public buildings, markets, stadiums, baths, theaters, but the provinces were almost bled to death in the process. Besides all these taxes, the Yahudim were asked to pay the temple tax. One half shekel annually called the didrachman. We see this in Matthew chapter 17, verse number 24. Right? Every Yahudi, 20 years from all over the world, not just in Israel, but all over the world, right? Paid this half shekel temple tax for the operation of the holy temple. We can see this in Shemot chapter 30, verses 11 through 16. After General Vespasian, when the temple of uh, Yah in Israel was destroyed in AD 70, the Yahudim were still required to pay the temple tax of a half shekel, nevertheless. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. Alright, last section right here. Later, the kingdom of Rome introduced taxation through a regular census. We can see this in Luke, Eli, or chapter 2, verse 2. There was a Roman high official called a censor. He tried to collect revenue in the cheapest way possible. He sold tax franchises in various areas or districts to the highest bidders. He set the quota for the government and gave the publicanus the prerogative to collect an, at an open-ended commission. Contracts were let for five-year periods. This right here, family, is the sordid, oppressive tax world in which men like Matitya, the tax collector, and Zakai, the chief tax collector, operated in, and I would submit thrived. Especially financially. They would listen to this. This is why tax collectors needed to repent because the kingdom of heaven has arrived. They needed to have a change of their thinking process. Tax collectors were known to cheat both the Roman government, which they worked for, and the taxpayer, their fellow Israelite man and or woman. Tax collectors, listen to this too, they took bribes from the rich, the opulent, right? The well-to-do, the aristocratic. And they allowed these aristocrats to pay less taxes. This is, I think this is kind of hinted at in Yahshua's parable of the, un, the dishonest steward in the book of Luke 16 verses 1 through 9. Wow. There were whole armies of tax collectors in Israel. It was often a family profession. Fathers followed the sons, forming a caste of tax collectors. Mm -mm -mm. Under Yahuda the Galilean, the Yahudim rebelled against the extreme burden. They said, we're tired of being heavily oppressed and taxed by this heavy taxation of the kingdom of Rome. We've had enough of this. 
But the revolt was crushed by the heavy heel of the kingdom of Rome. See Acts chapter 5 verse 37. So it's not surprising you all that the Yahudim hated taxes and they hated tax collectors. Tax collectors made fortunes off the poor, the destitute, and the rich alike. The method of census and censor under Rome required people like Yosef and Meriam, we see this in the right, we see this in the Brikadasha, to go to a whole other city at great inconvenience just to be counted like animals to be taxed. Much of the revenue from the poor went to opulent rich Romans to be doled out to an idle population during days which was it was beneath the dignity of Roman citizens to work. Wow, wow, wow. On top of this burden by the, uh, the kingdom of Rome, Yahudim had to pay, what they were commanded to really, the annual temple tax as well. Collectors went from town to town annually by the dozens collecting this tax, temple tax, half shekel. And in foreign countries, certain places were designated for payment. Wow. So I pray that that gives us more context in regards to tax collectors and why Israelites did not like taxes and they did not like tax collectors either. I will submit to us that this, as we close here, sums up the way tax collectors moved in Yahshua's day. This is in the book of Ezekiel 22, verse 12. In Hebrew, that's Jekaskel, chapter 22, and verse number 12. And you have they taken gifts to shed blood. I don't think tax collectors shed blood, but let's listen to this. You have taken usury and increase, and you have greedily gained off, you have greedily gained off, you greedily profited of your, your neighbors by extortion. And you've forgotten me, says the king, Yahweh, El. So family, as we land this plane, do you all see this? That tax collectors too, they needed to repent. They needed to have a change of mind, a change of the inner man, a change of the inner woman. Because the kingdom of heaven has arrived and they too need to think differently about their profession, about how they treated their fellow Israelite brother and or sister, and perhaps even the way that they treated and cheated the kingdom of Rome. Because Yahshua says, render, and I'll read it, and this will be our conclusive passage for the day, kingdom scripture. Let's go to Matitya. Chapter 22, because they tried to trip Yahshua up so many times. They tried to get him in a verbal entanglement. Man. Matitya chapter 22, we're going to end here, family. Verses 15 through 22. Then went the Pharisees, here they go, the separatists, and took counsel as to how they might entangle Yahshua in his talk, in his speech. Verse 16 and Matitya 22, verse 16. And they sent out to him some of their Talmudim, so Pharisaical students, with the Herodians, 
were also in cahoots in bed with Rome, saying, Master, we know that you're true, and you teach the way of King Yahweh in truth, and you don't care about any man. You don't regard the person of men. Tell us, therefore, what do you think? Is it lawful to give tribute to Caesar or not? But Yahshua perceived their wickedness and said, Why do you tempt me, you actors? Show me the tribute money. And they brought to him a penny. And he said to them, Whose image and superscription or signature? They said to him, Caesar's, specifically Tiberius Caesar. Then he said to them, Render or pay therefore to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and pay to the king Yahweh what belongs to the king Yahweh. Verse 22 is their reaction. When they heard Yahshua speak these words, they marveled and left him and went their way. (laughs) I kind of want to submit to us that they were just waiting for Yahshua to say, you know what? No, we don't pay anything to Rome. They want him to give a rebellious answer. No, we hate the Romans. We don't want to pay them anything. They don't belong here in Israel. They're oppressing us through this heavy Roman taxation. No, 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 I don't pay the no, I don't pay taxes to them. I don't pay tribute to any of the Roman governmental system at all. But he didn't, he didn't say that. He perceived, he answered with wisdom. He perceived their wickedness. And he even called Matitya, the tax collector, to repent. Wow, to repent. Yahshua gave a parable, you all, as we as we really close here. Um, and Matthew chapter 21. And, oh man, this is so good, I have to read it. Okay, it's so good, I have to read this. Matthew 21, verse 28. But what do you think? A certain man had two sons. He came to the first and said, Son, go work in my vineyard today. The son asked him and said, I will not... But afterward, he repented. He changed his mind. He changed. He had a change of heart. And he went out and did it. Verse 30. And he came to the second son and and said, likewise. And the second son answered and said, I go, sir. But he didn't go. Wow. Lip service. Which of the two did the will of his father? They, the chief priests and the elders, said to Yahshua, the first, Yahshua said to them, Truthfully, I say to you that the tax collectors, those that you all hate, those who do you wrong, those who are pocketing the surplus, overcharging you and pocketing the surplus when they collect taxes, and the harlots and the prostitutes, oh my goodness, they're going into the kingdom of heaven before you. Wow, wow. Because Yochanan came to you in the way of righteousness, but you didn't believe him. But the tax collectors, ooh, those you all hate, and the harlots, who you wouldn't be seen with, believed him. And you, when you have seen it, you did not change you. You did not repent. You did not have a change of heart. You did not change the way you think that you might believe in him. Family, I pray you all see this. Tax collectors need heaven too. They need to repent as well as we all do because the kingdom of heaven has arrived i want to thank you all for hanging in there for rocking with me on this podcast i thank you so very much this episode is almost 40 minutes i try to keep it under an hour so i thank you all for tuning in and lastly prayerfully 
I would like you all to prayerfully consider if this podcast has been a blessing to you. Please prayerfully consider um, financially supporting the podcast or uh, giving a donation as well. You can do that by simply tapping the support this podcast option. And once you tap that, you can follow the prompts that pop up subsequently. Thank you all. Let's continue to be salt and light. And let's all have a change of mind. Let's think differently. Let's think differently according to the way the King Yahweh wants us to think. Because the kingdom of heaven has arrived.